0: Hello, I'm Ryan, and I'm Brody, and this is the High Volatility Experience.
1: Hey Ryan, we're back. Now, I have a question for you. What usually comes to mind when you think of Chinese companies? Memes, pumped, volatile, debt, bankruptcy. It's a series of stereotypes that, while it may not be representative of the whole demographic of companies in China, we're afraid that there's one failing giant company at the moment.
0: So, we're talking about the Evergrande Group, China's second largest property developer in terms of sales and one of the largest companies in the world, period. It was ranked 122nd on the Fortune Global 500, founded in 1996 and based in Shenzhen. The real estate developer and seller has since sold millions of apartment homes to the middle class. If you look at the company website, they claim to have reached 2.3 trillion RMB in assets or Roughly close to $356 USD. They have over roughly 200,000 employees and owns over 1,300 projects in more than 280 cities. I didn't even know that many cities existed in China, but there you go. They even expanded to things like theme parks, bottled water soccer ownership, and recently even EVs, though they have yet to sell a single unit, unfortunately. However, currently Evergrande is about $300 billion in debt, you heard that right, which is about 2% of China's entire GDP. This also makes them the most indebted property developer in the world. They also recently skimped on about $83 million worth of bond payments to foreign investors. So the question becomes, how did this giant become so swamped in debt?
1: So, to understand the root of the problems, one must go back to when Xu Jiayin founded Evergrande in 1996. This was a period of massive urbanization efforts with China trying to move hundreds of millions of people from rural countryside to cities. And Evergrande was able to accumulate its wealth through the increasing demand for apartment homes along with rising property prices. Equipped with this booming market was a ton of speculative buying. Basically, Evergrande was able to sell its property long before its actual completion because people were eager for new homes. And investors also wanted a safe place to invest their money. Evergrande then used the money they received from those unfinished properties to start new projects and repeat. It's a great cycle. In a nutshell, that's the model the company operated by and was also how they built their empire, a mountain of debt. And that debt would slowly start catching up with them from all their projects. First, Ryan, I want to ask, how did Evergrande get away with this much debt for so long? It's a lot of money, and it seemed to go unnoticed, but now the headlines are everywhere. I don't understand. Explain it to me.
0: Well, first, aside from buyers paying for unfinished property, essentially allowing Evergrande to increase their amount of leverage, Evergrande was also able to attract both domestic and foreign investors, as well as cheap loans from Chinese banks. And with success, also came strong connections with the Chinese government, since this company was such a giant piece and integral part of the Chinese economy, no less in one of China's largest markets that is. The real estate industry however as china's economy began to slow down in the past several years business for evergrande slowed as well now in order to increase business again they started undercutting the value of property in order to raise more capital and currently that's actually not really helping them at all unfortunately and keep in mind that evergrande was selling property at overly inflated prices because of the initial hype, and the cycle of selling unfinished property and taking loans might have continued to work if not for China's quote-unquote common prosperity campaign led by President Xi Jinping. Brody, can you explain the impacts of this campaign?
1: Well, Ryan, the important impact to note from this campaign is that it has essentially forced down more regulations concerning the financial health of companies. And this is especially relevant because the Chinese government has bailed out large companies in the past, but now Evergrande doesn't necessarily have that safety net. Experts are now saying that if Evergrande defaults and fails, it's because the Chinese government let it happen. After regulators examined Evergrande's accumulating debt and debt in the real estate industry as a whole, it became more difficult for Evergrande to finish the projects
0: they had started. Let's go a little more in detail. So in essence, after a Beijing meeting in August of 2020, a new set of guidelines called the three red lines were imposed on developers in the real estate sector. Now, some of these guidelines include Reducing the amount of leverage that's going on and also reducing the amount of debt that's building up before the companies in question could start borrowing more money from banks. Now, if you've been paying attention, Evergrande has definitely not met these guidelines and they lost access to funds that could have allowed them to finish their projects or start new projects selling unfinished properties. And what this has done is basically stripped their ability to keep up with basically all the prepaid homes and projects that they've started. And now you've got a bunch of people that just haven't gotten the property and homes that they've essentially paid for. So to add
1: onto that, the fact that Evergrande is not able to finish these projects is going to be a huge problem for the Chinese middle-class owning property in China bears a lot of cultural significance. It's a way of elevating one's social status. If you're, going to, if you're a man looking to get married, you basically need a home. About 90% of Chinese households own homes. In comparison, only about 65% of US households own homes, according to Q1 data from the Census Bureau. Currently, Evergrande owes roughly 1.6 million unfinished apartments to people who have already made their down payments. So, I mean, you know, they only have to build 1.6 million homes. Seems doable, right?
0: Let's talk about the bigger implications about the potential collapse of this real estate giant. The first people who will experience the impact of a possible default would obviously be the Chinese middle class, who already invested or made down payments on the property. A default would leave these people in financial ruin because nearly 70% of Chinese household wealth is put into real estate. And something you have to consider is that in China, your investment options are actually quite severely limited. Uh, Actually, with the recent cryptocurrency ban as well, you really have the stock market and property. And like we said uh, earlier, uh, owning property in China bears a lot of cultural significance. So again, all of these Chinese families have a lot of their money put into real estate property. And the point here is what will the Chinese government do? If the people are left to financially fare for themselves, their household wealth will most definitely be affected as well as affecting future confidence in the real estate market. And as property values fall, the possibility of less Chinese middle class spending could also send ripples into global consumer markets with their massive buying power.
1: Furthermore, not only would prices of property be affected by panicked homebuyers and investors, but this could also affect global market confidence concerning foreign investment in Chinese companies. About $7.4 billion worth of bond payments are owed to foreign investors alone, according to the New York Times. And that money could all just disappear especially after authorities in Beijing have indicated that they will not bail out both domestic and foreign bondholders. What's crazy is what Evergrande is doing to try to pay off its debt. According to the New York Times, Evergrande is basically forcing its employees to give the company short-term loans, unless the employees wanted to lose their bonuses. These were appealed to them as high interest investments. However, Evergrande
0: suddenly stopped paying the loans back this month, which seems quite deceitful. Man, I was about to say that this was going to make people mad. Like, Evergrande not only owes more than a million home buyers, it also owes tens of thousands of its own employees. According to a consultant for Evergrande Wealth, the company's investment arm, 70 to 80% of Evergrande employees were asked. To help fund and loan to Evergrande. What's even crazier is that some of these workers lended to the company with the help of friends and family, and even by borrowing from the bank themselves. It's ridiculous. And keep in mind that the whole reason Evergrande is starting to struggle now is because China banks can't lend to them. And you know what Evergrande does? They use their own employees as a medium to get loans from the bank. It's, it's absolutely ridiculous.
1: Wow, Ryan, that sounds like if you wanted a higher education, and so you went to a school in Massachusetts or Rhode Island, and you wanted the education, but they asked for 70 grand per year, and you had to fund it yourself. Well, oh wait, that's happening now? Oh, okay. On a brighter note, according to Reuters, at least eight provinces in China have set up special custodian accounts in order to ensure that... Funds that the people paid are going towards the property projects and not the creditors themselves. However, Chinese authorities have still told local governments to prepare for the worst even if Evergrande collapses and to prepare and minimize public unrest. It sounds like a bomb that they're waiting to go off. So what's happening now, Ryan?
0: Well, speaking of bombs, let's talk about the U.S. And this is where the story has the potential to take a deeper and darker term. Claire Jim at Reuters writes that Evergrande has liabilities in 128 banks as well as 121 non-banking firms. That's a lot. Now, naturally, if Evergrande were to default on any of its liabilities, it would have impacts all over the planet, specifically on J.P. Morgan and Chase, who are the most exposed to the Chinese firm. Any default experienced by Evergrande would trigger a default in another bank weakening the entire financial system. Moreover, Evergrande has a foothold in the Chinese dollar bond market where any defaults will cause sell-offs in the market as well. And we always know the market's driven by fear.
1: Moreover, China is also the world's largest consumer of metals and materials which go a lot into the production of housing and apartments and everything else that Evergrande makes. These Consumption of materials, uh, with any downturn that is experienced in the financial or commodity market, would result in any number of consequences in China and the world. Obviously, if the Chinese economy were to be hit hard or even enter recession, companies with large exposure uh, would be hit the hardest. Firms like Nike, Caterpillar, and others would be affected and could have impacts in the U.S. as they also have strong impacts in this nation as well. So it's really interesting to see how the story is developing. We can only hope that things come out the best, but for now it seems times are pretty dark for the Chinese real estate market and all of the Chinese financial system, but I'm hopeful for the best because it seems like there's a lot of negative leverage there.
0: Uh so what are your thoughts, Ryan? Well, I have read that if evergrand sold all of its other assets aside from its core assets you know earlier how we talked about how evergrand owned a water brand uh, a water name brand their soccer uh, team as well as the EV that again has yet sold a single unit unfortunately if they sold all of those assets it could help them pay off their debt uh whether it would pay all of their debt or most of their debt or A little amount is up in the air, it's still a question of that, but considering their current circumstance, I feel like that is not exactly the worst option.
1: And with those concluding thoughts, this has been the high volatility experience on the ever not so grand crisis. We will be back soon with a new episode. We have thoughts for new episodes coming soon. Check out the Instagram uh, at the high volatility experience. We're on Spotify, Apple Music, YouTube, everything. You're probably already listening on them. You should listen to all of them, all at the same time, on every platform. We'll see you next time.